You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good evening. Welcome to Love Logical DNA Not Required. This is Michelle L. Anderson coming to you live from Podcast Detroit Royal Oak Studios. We are looking forward to intriguing and entertaining you every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Let me start today's show by saying thank you for joining our family, which is biological by nature, love logical by choice, DNA not required. Well, hello, 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 everyone. This is Michelle L. Anderson with Love Logical DNA Not Required. And hello, and I am back. You've had um, Delon on a few episodes, and then last week we had a family situation. So I am back, and I've missed everyone. And those of you who noticed my absence and contacted me, I want to say thank you very much. And those of you who are part of my prayers group, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the prayers. And for anyone else who lifted us in prayer, I'd like to thank you as well. We are back tonight with part two of the Chance for Life organization, which was started how many years ago, guys? About 20, 20 years, 20 years. Uh, it started 20 years ago, but yeah. it was actually thought of more like 27, 27 years ago. Yes. Yeah, because I know I was in my in my 20s when um when when Tom first started, you know, talking about it. OK, and I am here this evening with um, you've met Lionel a few weeks ago. And you met Donnie a few weeks ago. How you doing? And we have Donnie's sister here. You want to introduce yourself? Vivian Davis. Miss Vivian Davis here. And she's here tonight because she's in support of Donnie, and she's going to be a great asset to our conversation. A few weeks ago when both Lionel and Donnie were here, I had asked for questions. And the questions that I received were basically all based around the same thing. So we're going to get to those questions. And that was, what can I do um, with, you know, a son who you felt like you were was going in the wrong direction? Or there was someone who was a son who was already incarcerated and how to help them get positive and move forward so that they can make a change when they come out. But before we do that, I'm going to have Donnie and Lionel um, kind of give you a little bit of a background of Chance for Life. And then once we do that, then they'll share their backgrounds as well. As well. So, Donnie, since um, you were like one of the founding, well, not founding, but one of the um, initial Chance for Life people, correct? Yes, ma'am. All right. So... Can you um, give us a little bit of history on Chance for Life? Okay, I'll be I'll be happy to. Chance for Life came into my life in the year nineteen ninety eight, the end of ninety eight, the beginning of nineteen ninety nine. It was something that I never heard of before, but it was introduced to us by uh, another inmate named James Hill Hill. He knew Mister Adams and he knew Miss Taylor. And he presented the program or proposal to them of um, coming into prison with such a, uh, a program. But at the same time, um, Mr. Adams had a vision and Ms. Taylor, too, as um, something similar to the program that mm-hmm. James Hill Hill has presented. Mm-hmm. 
And if I'm not mistaken, I think it came from um, Dr. Marion or Ross. Her belief was that prisoners was not just throwaways. There was some good in us if we was just given the right tools mm-hmm. and the right training that we can become productive citizens back in the community. <clears throat> so with that, Mr. Adams and Ms. Taylor um, came into the prison and they was introduced to 26 men that was part of a, a organization called the National Lifers of America. And Chance for Life took, I think it was like seven, six or seven years of building mm-hmm. through a, a tense of training with Ms. Taylor and Mr. Adams to become an improved organization. We had, we was up under the umbrella of this one organization, which was the Lifers, for a long period of time. Um, during this training, we learned conflict resolution. We learned mediation. That was the main thing. Chance mm-hmm. for Life Foundation was built around mediation. Mediation was brought into the prison system as a means of prisoners finding a way to resolve their own conflicts amongst themselves without getting the, the institution involved in it. So once we received these 40 hours of training, which it was actually more than that, but it was, it boiled down to a hard 40 hours of training because Ms. Taylor entered the, the, the prison system like, um, three days out of a week. Mm-hmm. She spent two to three hours a day for a long period of time. Our training lasted well over two years before we became actually, um, certified mediators mm-hmm. to, uh, to resolve these conflicts amongst prisoners. Um, once the mediation center was 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 established, and we started getting that off the ground, we we came together as a group, Lionel, myself, and a handful of other prisoners, and we started putting together a curricular, a curriculum dealing with other programs, things that would help shape a prisoner's attitude or give him new values and new way of thinking. We came up with things like communication, critical thinking, and diversity, which was very important to us. Um, person of influence, which was mentorship. We also knew that the majority, if not all men in prison, had some form of, of substance abuse background. So we implemented uh, a substance abuse program within our structure. At first, it was a, a very intense substance abuse program. So what we did, well, we, we modified it. We modified it to become substance abuse awareness, which allowed us to generate more awareness to the participants in our class. We also had a parenting class, which we knew was important. A lot of gentlemen in prison was disconnected with their families, their children, sons, daughters, mm-hmm. and they was trying to find ways to reconnect so that's what this program, it was called Men Concerned with Youth, Family, and Friends. Men Concerned with Youth, Family, and, family and Friends. And, friends. Okay. and it was designed to help the men in prison reconnect with their family, but understand that they had value as well, and they needed to recognize that they needed to make changes in their lives and able to show their family, their child, their son, their daughter, that they had become these different Individuals and able to want to come back into their life, okay. and so, but it, it's it's a lot more. It's a lot more. I let I let Lionel get get a piece of this here too. So 
Okay, Lionel. It's your piece. <laughs> First, good evening, and thank you, Michelle, for having us back. Oh, yeah, definitely. I appreciate you all being back. I came along about almost a year after the inception of the program. I was actually transferred to the facility where Donnie now was already at and had started the program. And as he said, I began to take all the training that Ms. Taylor was giving us. Mm-hmm. Um, the curriculum that Donnie was talking about was actually the training that Jessica gave us. But she wanted to give us the input uh, into um, designing everything because her and Tom always felt that in order to help with the problem, you had to work with those who were closest to the problem, which was us. And that's when Donnie was talking about how everything was designed because we wanted to make it fit and and come up with the best program that we could based upon the training that she gave us to that it'll work for the men in the facility. So from there, we end up being dispersed to other prisons and allow, train other men to facilitate the program as ourselves was trained to do. And that we established to this day nine um, facilities. There's nine facilities with Chance for Life is currently operating at. And um, we we got a little more training as we go on. Jessica would give us training like every year. She would give us a different component, mm-hmm. something to you know, continue our growth. Like with the critical thinking piece, she would bring us more training every year in that area so that we can continue to grow ourselves because we always believe that if we're not growing, we can't help you grow. So we always was on a, a mission, for lack of a better term, to continue to grow ourselves. And Jessica made sure that we had that training. She she gave us this one piece that I found, and I think Donnie can attest to her, that was so instrumental into where we at now. We had to work with um, victim um, offender sensitivity where we had to actually work with victims of crime. And I think that that was the piece that really yeah. opened us up to yeah, most not just, you know, the healing, but to actually give a chance to look at where we had come from and the damage that we had actually done because we sat in rooms across from an in individual who has suffered and who was hurt due to at not our actions, but actions that was inflicted upon her family. So that's victor, victim, Victims, offender, offender sensitivity. sensitivity. It's kind of like a mediation yeah. process where we had to allow her to <clears throat> tell us her story and to tell us how she felt and express her pain to us. This went on for like maybe six to eight months. And after she spoke, we had to actually open up and talk to her about what we had done, our lives back from before Chance for Life. And then it was a question and answer session to it that gave her the opportunity to to uh, get some questions answered that she didn't have answers for. It was a painful experience, but at the same time, it was very therapeutic, and it helped us as well as her with the process. That it did. Yeah, and so we, you know, we had the opportunity uh, to be sponsored to college. There was so much in chance for life that we that we got to help us get to where we at now. Um, and I'm just so grateful for meeting Tom and Jessica and what they did for us while we were there. You know, Tom Adams has been in my life since I was 12 years old, you know, and I had both of my parents in the household. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know where this came from. My, oh, okay. My <laughs> <laughs> a hat just all of a sudden popped up out of nowhere. I had um I had both of my parents in the household up until my mother passed away. But Tom, I met him at 12 through his son. And we have all just, there, Tom was my love logical. They're my love logical family, you know, and I've watched him evolve and grow and just looking at, you know, programs such as this, you know, Jessica, you know, right there, you know, helping to build and grow. I didn't know Jessica um, as like I know Tom, but it's just amazing to see and hear even things that I was not aware of. This um, victim offender sensitivity, that's deep. That's really deep, you know, and listening to this program, it sounds like we really need something like this outside for some of the young men today. Maybe it'll stop them from getting, you know, where they are. Yeah, and I, and I think you're right. I think you're correct, Michelle. What I come to understand is that enable for us to really understand the impact that we didn't had on someone's life, mm-hmm. be it negative or positive, we have we have to actually see it and realize this is is the results of our actions. Especially when it's something negative. When you when you bring harm to anyone within myself, mm-hmm. I am deeply remorseful for it. I didn't always feel like that. It took growth for me to get to the point where I understood that every choice that I make there's a consequence for mm-hmm. it. So every decision that I decided to do, there was a reaction or action from that. When I met Ilana down at Mile, this young lady made me cry so much that I didn't think I had any more tears inside because when she expressed to us how much her cousin had meant to her, and I actually sat there and seen that pain, not then, but before I realized what I've done, Mm -hmm. but I actually had a chance to see it. And that, is an experience that I will never forget. She became one of our biggest advocates. After she got to know us as individuals mm-hmm. over the over the years, over the time she was coming in, and she got to see that although we did the things that we did, mm-hmm. we was beginning to become different people. Now, who's Ilana? She's the... The victim. She's one of the victims. She's one of the victims. That came okay. In. Yes. Yeah. Now, so you that, was she one? Was she one of your no victims? No. Okay. It was a lady, young lady that Jessica knew. Okay. And I think the I think the, the she met her in school. Yeah, she met. They was going to school together. Okay. 
And if I'm not mistaken, she asked Jessica something about where she worked. And Miss Taylor told her that uh, I worked in prison. Mm-hmm. And she said, in prison? She said, yeah, I got, I got men. I go up in there and see every week. She mm-hmm. said, you go up in there? And, and so Jessica seen her reaction. So Jessica clearly made a way for Lana to come in. But as Lionel said, she had prepped us a long time before she brought her in. Okay. Okay, so. She told us. She did some real prepping. In fact, when she brought Lana in, she told us to initially don't say a word. Just sit there. Because Alana was so cold towards not just us, but everyone in prison. And so Jessica was like, when she come in, don't say nothing. Just listen to her. And so when she came in, she gave her story, and we didn't say nothing. Mm-hmm. They left. And she told Jessica, see, I told you. Basically, they ain't no good. They cold-hearted. They don't care. So Jessica was like, I told them not to say nothing to you, to just listen to you mm-hmm. so that you can express yourself to them. And then that's when we had an opportunity to speak to her. And as Donnie said, she ended up being one of our the biggest advocates. She was... Something special. Yeah, she was special. For for us, uh, a young woman coming in the way she did and leaving the way she did. She used to come back to the prison as a volunteer by herself to sit in the room with us to see how we was doing mm-hmm. and, and all that. But I want to get a little bit, too, when you talk about the young man. I don't think, and we, like Donnie was saying, we didn't really realize the damage we had did until we came face-to-face with her. And that's what... I believe how it is now. You, if you don't know the effect you have on people, then you tend to just continue on. And so you're right. We do need some programs similar to that um, in the communities to help our young people and all those involved in, in that lifestyle to see, you know, this is the effect that you're having because we tend to, not really, like I say, pay attention to that our actions affect other people, right. not just you and not our families outside of our families affect the community and everybody. We was actually talking about these things today, about how do we uh, get these programs up and our strategies to start running these programs so that we can break them to the communities and help the families and the, the, young, pe- the young people that's um, in the streets and who need the training because the training will help anyone if you just come just participate you know the funny thing is last um, two weeks ago when i was listening to the show as you were talking you know being interviewed by delon i was like this is something that business people need you know everyone can utilize the training but i truly believe that the way that a lot of our young people are today they need something out here, a mentorship program that would actually be similar to what Chance for Life has. Now, I know that, you know, you have different people out talking to the gangs, um, people in gangs in the community, trying to get them to maintain truce and different things. So, you know, I would just love to see so much more. And as we before we go on, can you kind of give the audience a brief background of how long you were incarcerated, 
what your how long your sentence was, and then you know basically um, share a story, your story, so they can remember what it was that, so that they can see the change that has been made. If you don't okay. mind, that's if you don't mind. No, I, I, I definitely don't mind. Okay. Um, I was sentenced to prison uh, March the the fifteenth, nineteen seventy six. I was sentenced to prison for life. Actually, the judge gave me natural life, meaning that I was supposed to spend my entire life in prison. I ended up doing 43 years and four months of incarceration. My journey wasn't easy, as I spoke about the last time. Mm -hmm. I went into the system still with the same mindset that I had when I left the street. I still went in doing drugs, gambling, getting high, um, not obeying authority, doing what I wanted to do. And I done and I did that for quite a bit of quite a bit of time. When they told me that I was never going home, what mattered? Did nothing matter. And 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 I wanna make a point to that because at that young age when they told me that I believed it. How old were you? I just turned 19. Okay. I believed it. And this is the same mindset that I have when it comes to these young kids. If you keep telling them something. Negative. Negative. They believe it. If you keep telling them that they ain't nothing, they ain't going to be nothing, they stupid and all those things, you keep pounding it in their heads, they begin to believe it. It took me well over 23, 25 years before I realized that was not true. All I had to do was begin to make a change in my life. Do away with that old way of thinking, that old belief system, those old morals, those old corroded things that led me there. Once I got rid of those things, it wasn't by myself. It falls right back on Chance for Life. Chance for Life saved me. I say that again. Chance for Life saved me. If it wasn't for chance for life, I wouldn't be here today. I might have made changes in my life, but there's no way that you'd be here. That I would be here and I would be at the level that I am now. Chance for life gave me an opportunity to reevaluate who Donald was and who I wanted to be. It allowed me all these different tools. And as I expressed to my family, my oldest sister here, Vivian, mm-hmm. and I and I constantly use these tools every day, and she would tell you, I constantly use these tools every day when I'm with them. And I try to get them to understand, and I believe she does and the rest of them do, that I believe in communicating and talking to each other and not at each other. I believe that things can get done better 
easier and we can accomplish things together if we just talk. So you're basically teaching mediation to your family. Oh, yes. All yes. right. Miss Vivian, come on All up right. to the mic. <laughs> so, okay, you knew the the Donnie who received natural life as a young man. Yes. Yes. Um, Donnie, just to, how old were you when you started doing drugs and doing crime and things like that? Around 16. About 16? Yes. Okay. Did you graduate from high school or you no, just drop okay. out? Okay. Okay. So Miss Miss Vivian, that was that was the Donald the Donnie that went in. How did the family feel when he became incarcerated? Was I know it was hard, but it was hard and well good evening. Good evening. And thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Um it was hard. And it tore some people apart. Um, people didn't understand. Um, I was the oldest. I'm the oldest. Okay. Uh, my other sisters and brothers were much younger. Uh, they weren't as close to Donnie as myself. And um, I just couldn't believe it. I was about to go to college if I wasn't in college. I can't remember exactly, but... <clears throat> It, it it was just heartbreaking, you know, but we knew something was going to happen really hard because of what had happened, uh, taking someone else's life. <clears throat> and all we could do was try to support him. A lot of the family didn't want to. Mm -hmm. Those that did know, but they couldn't because they had their own families. Uh, me being the oldest, I'm like, I made sacrifices. And I've been with my brother ever since when he left, even in doing what all I had to do, take care of my family. Mm -hmm. um, I was always there and still, still there. Uh, my mother and father, my mother was always uh, there for him, even in her illnesses. And my father, too, as well. They were there for him as much as they could. So... um Whatever he needed, I tried to help him out and encourage him, encourage him, you know, to get with the Lord um, and to seek him. I say God is the one that can change any and everything. You just got to get a hold of him, you know. So even though my other family, um, they did what they could mm -hmm. when they could. Um, Are you speaking financially or just financially, visiting, physically? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, visiting. I'm the one that pulled them and say, I'm going to see Donald. Who want to go? You know, and different ones. I'm go. I'll go with you. I'll go with you. You know, and and they would go. They would come, you know, as much as they could and take my mother, take my father or get somebody else to take my mother or father to, up to see him. You know, wherever he went, I was there. You were there. I was there when he had to go to Marquette. Now, Vivian, don't you come up here? You know, don't you come up here? I'm like, hey, you up there? <laughs> you know, I can't remember if I did go up there or not because uh, I traveled. Mm -hmm. And um, every place he went, I was there. Okay. 
I was there either, you know, get some of my sisters to help out, get me there or whatever. If they couldn't go, um, send him some money. The way the laws had changed, you know, you could send them packages and mm-hmm. what have you. So we were able to do that. We'd get aboard and say, well, I can't do it this month. I could do it next month or I could do it next time, you know, and that's how we did it. Okay. Yeah. So you had you had the support from day one. So Miss Vivian, once once Donnie joined Chance for Life, how was that transition? What what did you see in him that let you know that Chance for Life was really making a difference in his life? Oh, he um I could see the light in his face, uh the way he talked. He, um, he listened, you know, and, um, he wouldn't get upset. He would say, you know, I tell him, I said, if you need anything, you let me know. He wouldn't let me know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know you haven't got it such and such and such. Haven't nobody done anything, you know, have they, you know, and I would already talk to somebody and they said they weren't able to do something. And, he wouldn't get upset. He wouldn't let me know. Mm-hmm. But I already know. And I would tell him, I'm like, okay, uh, you'll get something in the mail or something to be put in your account, you know. And Vivian, you <laughs> He was but, looking out for you there. Yeah, but it it was all good. And, you know, when he's telling me about the chance for life, uh, the different programs, mm-hmm. you know, they want the family to be involved too. You know, they doing such and such out in the community. You know, can you tell the family, tell them the such and such, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll get them. I'll get them there. They got this for the young boys, you know, and I really, okay, I'll go get my grandson. I'll go get my nephew. I'll tell, you know, I work community services. And, okay. And, um, I would make up a flyer and tell different ones in different organizations, you know, that such and such is going on at the church and um, some things happen. That's good. Have you seen it make a difference within your family, um, with with the boys that you've taken and Donnie's mediation and everything since he's been home? Well, he's been working with my nephew. Okay. And it's been a little hard, but just the other day I saw a spark. And um, I'm like, oh, my God, he he usually is in his bedroom Mm -hmm. playing his games. And he came out and he was talking to me. How old is he? He's 17. Okay, critical age. Yes, it is. And he, you know, he... He doesn't want to talk. And Donald said, yeah, it's going to be a hard thing. But I said, it, it'll, it'll change. It'll change. You, 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 you able to knock it down. <laughs> yeah, just keep going, keep doing what you're doing. And you know, it, it's just, it's just so, it just makes me want to cry sometimes because I see the difference in my brother. Uh, he don't know it, but. When he was coming up and doing his little stuff, 
wrong stuff, mm-hmm. it hurt. You know, and I'm like, oh, my God. God, you got to do something. Help him out. He is somebody, you know. And I would tell him that in my letters. I said, you is, you're somebody. You're somebody. You know, I would encourage him. And, um, and to see him now where he's talking slow and he'll say, Vivian, Vivian, calm down, calm down. <laughs> so it's something that I already know that I need to do. And at the time, you know, I, I'll get hype and I'll calm down. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, yeah, thanks, Donald. Thanks. You know, and um, I see it with a few of my other sisters. He said, y'all some strong women. <laughs> That's how he said. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like he's got to break through the barrier because there's so many women. He's the only brother. And, um, but it's good because he's putting some glue and it's eat, making things a little easier for me because I'm the one that's been holding them together. You're the matriarch. And I can sit back some. And he said, I got it, Vivian. I got it. I said, yeah, I know. I know. It's just that I have to let go. And I'm glad, you know, because I feel a relief, you know. It's a weight taken off of me. And I see in my baby sister because she there, she's there and been with him, too, almost the whole time. Mm-hmm. And um, with her, uh, she's there for him. She li- He lives with her. And uh, her being the youngest... I get, she's like pulling the tail in <laughs> and she gets kind of upset, but she's calming down a little too. That's good. So he's really making a difference within the family and, you know, proud of you, happy for Thank you because that makes a huge difference. I don't want Lionel to feel like we've forgotten <laughs> about him. We haven't. I'm listening. So tell me, tell me Lionel a little bit. Remind us how long, how long you were in incarcerated as well as um you know what age you were when you went in okay my story is similar to Donnie's with a little little differences I went I came in the prison system at 18 um I was raised in uh, an environment where drugs and violence was the everyday culture um and I'm talking about my household and I learned the street life early, at an early age, at like 10, 11 years old, because my father participated in it all my life. So when I went to prison, that was an, a mindset that, you know, that I lived by. It was I was indoctrinated into that lifestyle. So it was like, okay, now I'm here. I'm going to continue on with the thought process that I had, but make it fit in this environment. Mm-hmm. And so for the first 10 years of my incarceration, I end up uh, doing 29 years in prison, 29 years and 15 days. I continued on in the same way. And then like Donnie, I was introduced to Chance for Life where I met Mr. Adams and Miss Taylor. And Donnie was talking about how people 
when you grow up and you keep hearing certain things, you you know, you're going to be like your daddy. You're going to be this, that you start to believe it. Jessica always tell us that you have to unlearn behaviors and learn new behaviors. And that's what she was, you know, teaching us. Mm-hmm. So her and Tom is who helped us develop this new thought process that we are somebody. And, you know, they kept telling us this. They believed in us and, in, in essence, made us believe in ourselves that we were somebody. So gradually I started to take the, a different mindset to adopt a different mindset and begin to change, believing that I am somebody. I never believed or accepted. I was just I always rejected the possibility of dying in prison. I didn't I wasn't I didn't want to believe that. I was just something that I was not going to believe within myself. Um although I was conscious of the reality that this is the sentence I was given, a natural life sentence. But I, I wouldn't say in my heart, no. So I continued to work towards bettering myself and believe that one day God will open the door. And I say that because I want to express that this, sitting here right here with you, myself and Donnie, mm-hmm. with Vivian, it's a blessing. And I don't want to leave uh the Lord out of this because I know that God is the only reason I'm sitting here at the same time. I don't want people to think that if you go in there with, a, with, with this, with the yoke of having a natural life sentence on you that you automatically going to get out because it's not like that. You have and to work I, hard. And it's and the, the, the reality is when they give you that, mm-hmm. they mean it. And there is, circumstances, situations, individuals. Like I say, we blessed to sit here that overcome it. And so this something that the, the youth also need to know also because they don't know that the things, the lifestyle that they're living is heading them in that direction where you be in prison and thinking that uh, it's easy or, it, you know, it's all right, not knowing that natural life is a possibility because I'm pretty sure, Donnie, I know I didn't, I didn't know that the lifestyle we live would lead to life in prison that. or more so even um, being responsible for the loss of life. And then when you get there, you, 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 you realize everything. Everything is a reality now. Now you get to see, hey, this was some errors. There was a whole lot of errors in my decision making that I need to try to change and try to uh, rectify and become a better person. So I wanted to make sure I said that because it ain't easy when you go in there. And it's not easy to come up out of there. Easy to get there. there. Yeah, it's easy to get there, but it's not easy to come up out of there. And then you, it's the, the other struggle is to do right in a, in a primarily um, mm-hmm. negative environment. You, you know, it, it, it took heart and courage for a us of, a lot of to take this program, what Tom and Jessica had given us, and to make it work and to, you know, to promote it, to sell it, to establish it. It wasn't easy doing them. I did it for 19 years inside. Mm-hmm. That wasn't easy because it's like you you would think everybody would be receptive to mm-hmm. doing the right thing or changing because you're in a, in a prison that's responsible for correcting your mm-hmm. behavior. But the reality is it's not. Mm-hmm. That is actually going against the grain in prison to do the right thing. Right. So yeah. it was a big challenge and it was but it was a good one. You know, one of the beauties 
on the same line, the line I'm talking about is that when we used to offer these classes in in in, in the system to these guys, and we have twenty five, maybe we squeeze them in mm-hmm. because we have a long list, and we we try to get you know we try to get as to as much people, as many people as we can. And one of the questions that we usually ask the guys are, "Why are you here? You know, are you here?" To learn something, or are you here just for the certificate in the end, a piece of paper saying you attended? And the beauty of it is some of the guys that would raise their hands and say, I'm just here for the paperwork. This is like a seven, eight, nine-month journey that they take mm-hmm. because we realize that to take a guy through a, a month or a two-month class, that's not enough time. Because they're not going to make the change that's needed to be made during mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. So our curricula was seven, eight, nine months, depending on cancellation. Sometimes was longer, mm-hmm. but through that journey, in the end, not all of them, but those that say they were just in there for the paperwork, they didn't raise their hand at the end. A lot of them changed. A lot of them changed. Mm-hmm. They they began to like what what they was was given. So there are so many. So many families out here now, you know, and with Love Logical, we focus on that non-biological family, the DNA not required. Chance for Life is a Love Logical organization. It truly is. You know, and I know that Tom Adams has, and Jessica Taylor have Love Logical hearts. Yes, I know for a fact that Tom does because he's been a part of my Love Logical extended family for, you know, 40 years, you know, and I know Jessica does because everything that I've heard and learned about Jessica, you guys love Jessica almost like she is your love logical mother. Yes. You know, and it's a brotherhood. It's a truly a brotherhood. You all are family, you know, and a positive family. So when you're, when you're in, when you're incarcerated and you're in a positive program like Chance for Life, I know that you're probably ostracized some in prison. Am I correct? By, by some people? Or is it to the point now to where people really accept the fact that Chance for Life is there? Yeah, so, they, 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 they don't they don't ostracize us. They don't okay. they don't they don't have that much, you know, um, not want to mess with us type attitude. But everyone is not for it. Okay. You know, we always say that chance for life is for everyone, but everyone might not be for chance for life. Not be for chance for life, yes. We open our doors to everyone. So many guys have taken these classes and want more when they finish. Those that want different in their life run to Lionel and myself and and, and other guys, core guys, and want to get in and, and, and want to participate. Those that want to continue on the lifestyle that they living, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they, they they may turn their nose up at us, you know, but they don't they don't hate us or they they see the good. All of them see the good that we do. That's good, and that's the thing, you know. And even some of those guys would come to us and may not want to join the class, but they do ask for advice about certain things. Not all of them, but some of them. That's awesome. So, what advice do you give to 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 the parents um, who are concerned that their sons 
um, and daughters because Chance for Life does have women as well. They're in the women's facilities yes. too. So for the sons and the daughters who they're concerned about going into that direction, you know, um, to where they, they see prison in the future or the graveyard in the future, you know, what do you recommend for these, these parents to do? Um, just give them some suggestions. My suggestion is uh, to to love them and to keep loving them. And when I say love them, I don't mean with gifts. I think now we so focused on buying kids the best things and, you know, uh, just giving them gifts, making sure they got the best and so and and, and, and really to outdo other kids if, mm-hmm. if you really look at it. That's not the kind of love they need. Um, you got to love them. You got to listen to them because in there we got an opportunity to talk to a lot of people. Like like Donnie was saying, guys, young guys will come to us. And it was a hurdle that we had to get over because one of the things they they used to always think say was we don't listen to them. We don't, mm-hmm. We're not concerned with what they have to say or what they want to do. I always I use this example. How do you tell your child that he's not good at something? Say like you got a child that want to play basketball or just love to do something, but you can see as a parent that this is not what my child is is born to do. How do you tell them that it's not for him? You don't. You just continue to support him and let him figure it out on his own. That this is not form, but while you supporting him in that area, you you're also teaching him because you're the parent. You're able to identify the strengths and the weakness. Mm-hmm. So you helping them over there too to build this what we like what we call the contingency plan. This don't work. You have this. Mm-hmm. So continue to support the child, to love the child, listen to him, spend some time with him. Mm-hmm. You you can't. Let the TV raise your child. Wow. And we got parents that want to live in the clubs and do the things that you could do when you didn't have children. I always tell people when you have a child, your life is over. Your life ends because everything is about the child now. Every decision you make has to, you have to look at it like, how is this going to affect my child? Mm-hmm. So you got to you gotta love them. You got to love them strong and hard. Because it's a lot of love that they're going to get from the negative side of the world if you ain't there to love them with the love they're supposed to have. With the positives. Exactly. Yes. <clears throat> and I would say the same thing. And also I would say don't ever give up. No. Don't ever give up on someone you love. No matter how hard things may go. And Lionel used to tell me that. Sometimes I'd be like, man, that boy, hard head, he don't want to say, we ain't in the giving up business. We don't never give up no matter how hard it is. And he also spoke about listening. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might just have to just be quiet and just listen to what they have to say. Regardless of how they may say it or how they may express it, just listen. And another one is invest in them. Not in the material things, as Ronald said, but find something 
that you can invest in them to make them feel a worth. The time. The time. But one of the most horrific things that I can say is mm -hmm. bring them down a chance for life. Hmm. Find a way to get them down to the Chance for Life program through our contacts and we will find a way or Chance for Life will find a way to work with them because we believe and we know that it works. Mm -hmm. Investing your time. When you, when you have people that care, and I tell my sister quite often, you know, that I love Tom and I love Jessica. And I spend as much time as I can with them because they didn't invest it a lot of time in me. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be with her. And she knows that. And she understands that. So I know when you invest your time into somebody and they can Lionel got a saying, and I be trying to remember, but he says better than anybody. You know, he going to give it to you in a minute. But, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm but waiting when you, for that but saying. When, but when you invest your time into someone and they know it, I think we all want somebody to care for us. Planting seeds. Planting seeds and watching the growth and keep watering. You know. You know? I like uh, to add something with Donnie said. That saying is... It's, a, it's actually a quote by John Maxwell. He says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And one of the things I used to always tell us, the guys, me, Donnie, myself, and our, our group of facilitators was that when you listen to them, you got to let them know that what they have to offer and that they themselves is relevant. The reality is myself, Donnie, we was gone for a long period of time. It's a lot of, that I don't know. I always used to give them an opportunity to teach me something. Mm -hmm. Teach me. Mm -hmm. Help me. I don't know everything. I'm been, I've been missing, for lack of a better term, for a long period of time. So show me this. And I'm big on the how to tell a person, or if, not, if you even have to tell them they're wrong. I used to tell the guys that you don't have to tell a person, no, that ain't right. You can just say, hey, that's one way to look at it. Have you thought about looking at it this way? And that opens up their mind to the correct way if their way is wrong. A different conversation. Okay. You, you see what I'm saying? Yes. Because some, it's, sometimes it's not good to tell a person you ain't wrong. Then they're going to shut. I mean, you're not right. They're going to shut down. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to shut down. I want you to be open. I want you to hear. And to learn a different way. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one way to look at it. Well, let's look at it this way. And then they'll learn that, hey, there's the right way. There's an easier way. There's another way, ultimately, than the way that we've been doing. We have, we, we Chance for Life is connected with um, different mentors, um, Families out there, organizations yes. out there. Yes. With mentorship, professional mentorship mm -hmm. that um, can do a lot more than some other people can, maybe some more than what the parents can do. And this is what I believe that a lot of the kids need. Some of them may be without fathers. Some of them may be without fathers. Some of them may be without um, that guidance that they need. 
The mom might be at home being the mom and the dad. Just being a mom. Oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> just being a mom. Just being a mom. Yeah. You know? just can't teach them how to be yeah. a man. And they, they have all of these things out there for young girls and young boys. If they just find a way to get there. And once they can get there, I honestly believe that they can be showed that there's other ways and other, other, other things in life besides mm-hmm. video games and in that phone. My nail tell me all the time, my sister do too. Man, you miss your call, man. You you know that you, you leaving your phone laying around. I know it's an important tool. And one day I might take it with me everywhere I go. But right now I'm I'm enjoying freedom and I don't want to be attached to something. I to understand something. That. You know, because I've been attached for so long. And I know how valuable it is, but sometimes I don't want to even mess with it. You know, the thing is, and we we only have a few minutes left here, so I'm going to kind of wrap things up. The thing is, we have all become tethered to our phones. And for you to say it the way that you said it, I don't want to be attached to something. And it's to the point now to where it's even difficult to run a business without social media. You have to post so many times a day. You know, kids now are... They're, they have this, they're, they're striving for being famous to where they're doing crazy stuff to get online, you know, so that they could be Instagram famous, YouTube famous, you know, fame, fame, fame. You know, and I like what you were saying that just talk to them, pay attention, give them time, you know, um, get them away from the television, away from the video games, you know, and we're, we all have well, many of us, I'm not going to say we all, many of us have families who are family members who are incarcerated or have been incarcerated. And me, myself, I have a niece who's serving time in Virginia, and I want to apologize to her if she gets to hear this podcast, because I do need to be there for her more than what I have been. I do. And she needs you. You know, and you go on with life and everything. So I do need to be there. We're going to end up having you guys come back mm-hmm. um, in about a month so that we can continue. Because you have so much to offer. You have so much to offer, you know. And I will, if anyone is interested in having you all speak to their organizations, then I'll reach out to Tom and Jessica and see if that's something that would be okay. You know, you had something you want to say, Lionel, before we before find you close. Mm-hmm. We was talking, you and Donnie was talking about the video games and um, not being attached to the video games, the kids being attached to the video games. One of the things I found that we must do mm-hmm. in order to get them to walk away from the video games, something has to replace it. You mm-hmm. have to give them something yeah. that's mm-hmm. equally, if not well, preferably more fulfilling than that game. Mm-hmm. And so... We have to think about that too, because if, 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 if you say it, don't don't mess with the game. Well, what you what what are they gonna do? Yeah. So that's where, and then then that's where we Donnie talks about the chance for life, the training program. That's the design that we want to give them is something to fill that void, because it becomes a void if you t- if the game is not there. Yes, so something right. has to fulfill the void, or they're gonna find something. Yeah. 
right to do and not want to be something positive because exactly. a lot of times it's what they find maybe negative so exactly. all right so you hear that and i want you guys to have some suggestions when you come back on some of the things that parents could do to fill those voids you good with that I'm good with that all right so i have truly enjoyed tonight i enjoyed listening to your conversation with my son a few weeks ago, and I'm looking forward to you all coming back in a month. Um, I also will talk to Tom and Jessica because I truly feel as if, if there are people who would like to reach out to have you come and speak, um, it would be a great thing for any community organization to have you, Thank you know, you. any Thank community you. organization to have you. And JMO couldn't be with us this evening, but JMO as well. We've done, JMO was with me with Hereford Dance Barbershop Talks. So, everyone, I do have to sign off here tonight, but I want to thank you for listening. And please, any questions, anything else that comes up from tonight, we're going to be back in a month. I'd be happy to answer those, have them answer the questions for you. Ms. Vivian, thank you for thank coming you. out. We have to support as they're growing in order for us to hopefully sway them from going in the wrong direction. We have to be there for them. We have to give time to our children. We have to listen to our children. And I need some of the mediation um, suggestions. I need to learn myself <laughs> because I just feel as if it would make things better in relationships overall. So I need to learn that myself. And thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And, thank you also. And good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Thank As you. I say, love logical, DNA not required, love lo biological by nature, love logical by choice. Thank you.